Welcome, tennis fans, to the ninth episode of Tennis Trivers, Exploring the Game, the podcast that delves into the heart of the tennis world. I'm your host, Ivy J. In today's episode, we are recapping the Asian swing and predicting for future tournaments. And before I start, I just want to say it's my ninth episode. And one more, the next one will be my 10th episode. That's just super impressive considering it felt like it was so soon that I started this podcast and now it's actually my 10th episode. But I'm just planning on continuing it forever because I really have a blast filming it. And I really hope the listeners enjoy what I'm um, recording. And by looking at like the analytics, I can see who's listening to my podcast. It's so cool that people from all around the world are listening to it. So there's people from Poland, Germany, Britain, just everywhere. It's super cool. And I'm just really grateful for you guys. Oh, so if you don't follow my Instagram, you should go follow my Instagram and Twitter using at Tennis Trippers. I haven't been on Twitter too much, so I'll try to be more active on there and just follow my Instagram because I do sometimes post up on there. It's just at Tennis Traverse, that is at Tennis Traverse. If you're listening on YouTube, please make sure to like this video and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Also comment down below what you would like me to film about or record about, sorry, and and if you're listening on other platforms, please make sure to give my show a rating. And if you just have any suggestions or want to talk to me, you can email me by clicking on the link tree and just the link on whatever you're following me with. And you guys can just email me or DM me on Instagram or Twitter. And sorry for the long intro, but let's get right into today's episode. So last time where I left off, I talked about Naomi Osaka because it was her birthday on Monday. But last, last episode, I talked about the Shanghai Masters. I predicted the Shanghai Masters as well as the China Open. And we'll start off with the China Open because it finished first. But however, the women's considering it's and a thousand points tournament it actually went on longer than the men's side so i already talked about the men's side if you guys want you can go back and listen to that episode but regardless the winner of the china open on the men's side is yannick sinner and he played really well it was an amazing run for him and i'm just really happy for him but let's move on to the women's side so Iga won for the women's side. I'm just super excited for her because I believe it was last season she had this 36 match winning streak. Like everyone's eyes were on her because she won, I believe, Roland Garros, which is French Open. And then she won like so many WTA 1000 titles. However, her run ended in the second round, I think, of Wimbledon, where she got beat by Alice Cornette. However, it was just, like, an amazing run, and every time she won a match, it was, like, record-making. However, every spotlight was on her that I believed that she was really stressed. So this year, even though she won Roland Garros, she didn't have that much of a good season compared to last year. I think this is reasonable, considering her season last year was arguably one of the best season a tennis player can have and she had a lot of injuries however I believe this one 
in the U.S. Open actually proved herself because it is a needed a thousand title this year, and I believe it's her first time in Beijing, so she really delivered in front of all the Beijing fans, and I wish I was there. But I watched the highlights for the final. I'll leave the link down below. It wasn't really. Interesting, considering Iga beat her opponent Samsonova six two six two, but the score might look deceiving because I think the match, some of the points were actually pretty good, and her opponent Samsonova isn't that well known, but she's ranked within the top twenty five, and she actually beat Elena Rabakina. Petra Kvitova, Ostapenko, Alicia Parks along the way. So she also played really, really good tennis. However, when I was watching the match, I only watched the first few sets because then I had school, of course. But when I was watching the first few games, Iga won. I think part of it is from first serve points winning percentage because Iga had a seventy nine percentage of serves, and then. Her opponent Samsonova had a fifty-four, so Iga won on that stat in general. And another super impressive stat is Iga didn't let one breakpoint happen. So this means that on her service game, her opponent was never fifth, um, never achieved a score of forty, which is super impressive. And another impressive stat is on her opponent, which is Samsonova's serving game, Iga. Managed to claim all four break points, so she's four out of four, which is a hundred percent of breaking her opponent's surplus game, which in my opinion is just super impressive because we don't really see that nowadays. Because of course, when it's a break point, the pressure obviously increases because. If you won that break point, and then you manage to hold your service game, which is something that a player can easily do, you get a major advantage. So if you're serving first, and then you hold your serve, you break your opponent's serve, and then you hold your serve again, that's immediately a three-zero. However, if it's your opponent's service game, so you broke their service game and you hold, that's two-zero. So it's still a significant lead, no matter who's serving first. So I'm just really proud of Yiga for withstanding the pressure. Now we'll talk about the Shanghai Open. So when I was recording this, I believe two weeks ago, I wanted a rematch between Yannick Sinner and Carlos Alcaraz. However, both of them managed to fall short. Sinner actually lost in the round of sixteen against Ben Shelton, which was an amazing match. I'll leave the highlights of it down below. And then Alcaraz lost in round of sixteen against Grigor Dimitrov, which is also an amazing match. I'll also leave the highlights down below. But the what um the final is between Andre Rublev and Hubert Hurkacz. So. Hercats claimed his title in Shanghai with a dramatic win of six three three six and then ten eight in a tiebreak. So it's really funny because both Polish, which is Hubert Hercats and Iga Swiatek, managed to win their title in Asian Swing, which I find is super rewarding for their country, definitely. And Andre played really well leading up to the final, so he was like literally playing super well. So he managed to beat Grigor Dimitrov in the semifinal, and then 
every game of his leading up to the final is all like a two-setter for him. But let's just talk about the match first. So Hercat's serve was amazing. His serve was super fast. He had 21 aces, whereas Andre Rublev had 13 aces. So that is a huge amount of easy points that one can win. However, the main thing I want to talk about is how Andre actually won 75 total points, whereas Hubert Hercats only won 74. So it's not really... Uh, deciding like it's not really a big deficit however I still want to talk about it because some people might have the idea that one have to win more points for the other for them to win which is reasonable because if you win more points then you obviously deserve to win right but tennis doesn't work like that because sometimes you can win points however the opponents manage to come back so your points winning is useless because you don't win that game so that's how you can win more points but still lose and this is a really important thing to talk about because there are some interesting matches that ended up with the other people who have less points winning, such as when Novak Djokovic played against Roger Federer in Wimbledon final. So Roger was actually like had so much more points than um, Novak, but Novak managed to save five match points and win that match. And it was just really sad because it was basically Roger's last Grand Slam final and everyone was rooting for him, but it's just something that is worth talking about, I guess. And speaking of Roger, he showed up at Shanghai. So he was awarded the Icon Athlete Award at that event. And he also talked about his moment in 2017 where he won his first Grand Slam title at the Australian Open and he had like this surprising performance that season so he actually was performing super well despite his injuries. He said, I played Rothwell on many occasions. I'm happy we could do it here not just once but three times. It's even more special if it's in a final and he said, I played a fantastic tournament and fantastic year when I came back after my knee problem. So I miss him a lot on tour but I'm happy that he get to rest from tennis now because he suffers a lot of injury but let's just go back to what happened in Shanghai so there are other more interesting matches such as Dimitrov against Alcaraz which I will link down below and also there's this phenomenal match between Korda and Shelton both Americans so there were two tiebreakers I believe one is 10-8 or 6-8 I don't remember and the other one is 12-10 and Korda actually came out on top and this is kind of surprising considering Ben Shelton have this amazing year this year. So I don't think he had particularly an amazing start to the year, but he finished off really strong. Well, he didn't even finish it yet, but he's just doing really well considering he went to the U.S. Open semifinal. However, Korda is being bothered by injury and he really didn't do that well this year despite a lot of anticipation on him because he got eliminated in round one of the U.S. Open but it's just surprising that Korda came out on top and that's all for Shanghai now let's talk about Jun Wen. so 
this is just a funny thing that happened. So Zheng Qingwen actually won the Zhengzhou title, which is another tournament in China, by beating Barbara Krechkova. And it was really funny because after her win, she sang Chinese songs. It was like a karaoke moment. It was super funny. And I'm just happy for her because, as I said before, she was with Naomi's former, well, I don't know if it's former, but Naomi's coach, Wenfa said. And then Wenfa said went back to Naomi because obviously Naomi's not pregnant now. So basically her coach broke whatever they had to go off with Naomi, which I find is kind of disrespectful because... He broke a contract which should stand no matter what the situation is. But I'm just really happy for her because Jun Tianwen seems to be doing better, actually. And then it's the Japan Open that's basically going on right now. So the final will be between, obviously, Ben Shelton because he's just been doing so well and Karatsev. I believe Ben Shelton will win. I think by the time my episode comes out, you guys don't know who will be the winner, but I think Ben Shelton will win because he's just been doing really well. And despite his young age, he's been surprisingly performing like at a steady high level, which I find is super interesting because most of young players, they sometimes just peak at like one specific tournament and then they like do not comparatively less well and then they have like peaks however Ben Shelton's been like constantly on a high level which I find is super impressive for someone his age and obviously as I said I think Ben Shelton will win and this will be a really deserving title for him because he deserves it and then we'll do predictions I guess so let's talk about the women's final at Cocoon first I think Arena Sablanka is going to win. So I am hoping to see another rematch between Arena Sablanka and Coco Goff, which is what happened at the US Open this year. Because I really like the matchup between them, considering Arena is like a player who plays with a lot of power. And Coco obviously plays with power too, but she's more on the defensive well not really defensive but she plays by getting to every ball if you guys watched the u.s open you'll know what i'm talking about so basically if you guys haven't to sum it up arena was just trying to hit the ball to every corner making coco run and then coco somehow got to every single ball which i find super impressive i love coco for it and I just really like their matchup because I think it's a perfect matchup because when I'm playing tennis, I'm more like Arena where I want to hit the ball like to the corners. However, when I play against opponent like Coco Goff, it makes me really frustrated, but that's like the matches I love to play the most because it's the matches that you have the most fun with. And I'm just really happy to see what this matchup will bring us. But don't ever under- underestimate Iga. I think she'll obviously do well, as she always does. Then it's the Paris Masters. So this is basically a men-only tournament, and it happens in Paris, hence the name. But last year, Holger Rune managed to come back and beat Novak Djokovic in the final. I was watching. That was incredible. I loved that match so much. I'll leave the link, the highlight in my description. But it was really an amazing, amazing match. And 
I don't think Holger will go that far. I hope he proves me wrong, but this year really hasn't been the best for him. So he was working with Patrick, who was a famous tennis coach, but now they part ways. And I think Novak will win the champion the title this time because I think he's just been in better form and he's like well rested whereas Hozier was playing like a tournament after another but that doesn't really mean anything because Hozier is obviously younger so I don't know I don't think Hozier's gonna get to the final but don't underestimate him and then it's the ATP finals I just don't think that anyone else have a chance against Novak. However, I will admit that I think the ATP is becoming more and more like WTA now because the idea of the big four is literally gone because Roger retired. Andy Murray is there, but I don't think he's just like with the other players. Like he isn't really posing a threat like he was to before, obviously because of his injuries. And then Rafael Nadal is also off this season because he's working on recovery for the next season, which will be his last season, probably likely. I don't know. And then Novak is just the top, so there really isn't the idea of a big four. It's more of just Novak dominating, but. I think we're seeing more and more of just other players that years ago we were like, um, they have no chance against the big four actually stepping up, such as Daniel Medvedev and Alexander Zverev, just to name a few. So still, I think Novak will win the ATP finals just because he's Novak. That's the reason, but... I don't know. I think it might be a good final for us this year. And I'm just really happy that both the WTA and the ATP are like, they don't have a certain person or group of people that's dominating. Well, don't get me wrong. There's still like obviously the idea of top seeds. But like, for example, China Open for the women's side, there is basically Samsonova that stepped up. And then I believe the final of Shanghai was kind of unexpected because personally, I didn't expect Andre or Hubert Hercast to go to the final. So I'm just really happy about the changeup now and I can't wait to see what that will bring us. And that wraps up today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I feel like it's just a recap of what's been going on so far and a recap of the Asian wing, obviously, but I think this episode was kind of quick-paced. Like, I talked about a lot of stuff. However, I'll leave the link to in my description of stuff I think you guys should check out. And follow my social media using at Tennis Traverse. That is on Instagram and Twitter. That is at Tennis Traverse. And if you're listening on YouTube, just like my video and subscribe. It'll really help me. And if you're listening on other streaming platforms, make sure to give my podcast a rating. If you want to contact me, just go find my email or DM me on Twitter and Instagram. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.